you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 5. That's where we're going to be in this morning, Joshua chapter 5. You know, last night, um, I'm like, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to speak to your people? What do you want to speak to me, through me, right? And uh, it, it, it was like, man, these are the times where you just have to press into God and, and search what he has, you know? And it's just, it is a, a great time in those moments to see what you're made of sometimes, right? In the crushing, in the pressing, you know, I'm like, Lord, what do you want? I want to represent Pastor Keith good and, and, and CWC good. So, so what do you want to share with your people? And then my prayer is this for us today, that the word of God will not fall on deaf ears. Amen. In fact, in the Gospels, it says, be careful how you ought to listen. And in this world today, there's a lot of things, a lot of voices, a lot of things going around that, that can grab our attention and we could listen to those things, right? But the Lord is telling us today, be careful how you listen. And do not let this word fall on deaf ears. Because I truly believe this is a matter of eternity. Do you hear me? This is a matter of eternity. This is a matter of heaven and hell. Listen, heaven's real and hell is real. Amen? Amen. And hell is a place where people just go to pay for their own sins. People want to question, how can a loving God so, so many times send people to hell? No, God doesn't send nobody to hell. His word is clear on that. He don't want nobody to perish, right? But to have everlasting life. And that's why we have to be careful of how we listen to and who we listen to, Right? You know, me and my wife, we have a two-year-old daughter named Jasenia. And she's so precious. So if she tears up your nursery today, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm in charge of that life. God has entrusted her to me. And my soon-to-be-born son in July. Yeah, I'm happy about that. We just pray he looks like his mother, not me. Amen. <laughs> But these lives that we hold in our hands, I'm so cautious of, of who holds them, who speaks to them. I know he's like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, you're extreme. I'm like, no. The times we are living in, they're crazy times. Amen. And so Joshua chapter 5. And I pray that the Lord would make all this sense to us today. And so before Joshua 5, as you turn there, let me give you a picture of what's going on here. Joshua 5, Moses is dead in chapter 1. So he, God speaks to Joshua. He says, my servant Moses is dead. Go and lead the people into the promised land. Right? And Joshua's like, man, well, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this thing. All right. And so Joshua uh, hears the word of the Lord, and he takes that word, and he brings it to the people. 
And in this word, he, he, he really says, hey, listen, guys, you, you need, we need to get our act together. We, we need to be in a right posture before the Lord before we can move into this land. And so he, he calls these people to concentrate themselves before the Lord, to purify themselves before the Lord. In fact, right, the men would, would be circumcised. God says to Joshua, circumcise all the men in representation of a new covenant between me and you and the land you're about to possess. And so Joshua is tasked with leading Israel into the promised land. And the first major challenge as he crosses, as they cross into the promised land, is Jericho. You ever heard the story of Jericho before? The walls of Jericho, maybe you sung it in Sunday school, right? I don't remember how the song goes, but I'm sure you guys remember it. And this is the first obstacle that Joshua faces. And now as I was praying for us today, the Lord wanted me to remind us is this, that there's a battle that there is a battle. You think all these years that, that we've been fighting have been a battle? Like, listen, there's a battle coming. And let me tell you, like, we have never seen a battle like this that's coming before. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to tell them that, Lord. I don't want to, I want to be happy. I want people to like me, Right? But the Lord reminded me, even in the worship songs that we were singing this morning, that there's a battle coming. And how we conduct ourselves in this battle, or even before the battle, is very important. It's very important. How we prepare ourselves is very important. Right now, my wife and I, we, we, we pastor a small little church that we're in the process of replanting right now. Ten people. We just took over a year ago. And then what happens? The pandemic happens. I'm like, really, God? Like, we take over this church at the end of January. We have like ten people, no money, roof falling in, literally, not lying. Not trying to make you feel bad for me or anything like that. <laughs> like literally, like water coming down the walls, and it's just a mess, right? I'm like, Lord, what are we doing here? I was like, man, I was like, did I make a mistake? This is right. And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, "This is a preparation for what's to come. This is a preparation for what's to come." And all year, for a whole year, we've, I've been talking about preparing a, a, a place for where God can inhabit, right? Preparing God, like, listen, I want to live my life, right, in such a way that God has no choice but to show up and show off his glory. Can I get an amen? amen. High five, something, right? Listen, house of miracles, Right? Like, that's, that's what you guys have been talking about. That's what you guys have been dabbling in. A house of miracles, right? 
For, for, for us to be a house of miracles, for, for CWC to be a house of miracles, for you and your house to be a, a house of miracles out in, the, in your community, you have to be a people who are dedicated to, to, to seeking God's presence in such a way and living uh, your life in such a way that he has no choice but to show up and show off his glory. Even when Pastor Keith got hurt, I'm like, man, Lord, give me the faith to pray for him and let him be healed so I don't have to preach. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Joshua 5, 13. It says this in thir- verse 13. It says, now Joshua was near Jericho. And he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Keep that question in mind. And this man replied in verse 14, says, neither. Some versions say no. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord army replied, take off your sandal for this place you're standing on is holy ground. And Joshua did so. I want us to notice a couple things in this verse here. Because when I read this verse, it, it, it has, it really convicted me. Um, you know, when conviction comes, it's not a bad thing, right? It's a thing to, to move us forward into what God has for us. It's to make us holy. It's to make us like him, amen? And I want you to notice, like, listen, that the, there's a battle ahead of Joshua and these people. And I want you to notice that Joshua is a man's man. Joshua is a man's man. Anybody know a man's man? Maybe you're married to a man's man, right? You are blessed if you're married to a man's man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pastor Keith, he's a man's man. Amen. People in Tyrone, I think you guys are a man's man. I drive around and I'm like, man, that guy could whip me in a minute, right? I'm like, <laughs> some of these little Abishai, he's a man's man. <laughs> Beating me up all weekend. But Joshua was a man's man, and he's getting ready for war. And, and as anybody gets ready for something that's big, right, you can't sleep. You can't sleep. So what does Joshua do? He goes out, and, and, and he goes to the walls of Jericho. In the Hebrew language here, uh, uh, it, it, it describes him going to the place of battle. He's, he's going to the wall. So basically, he's at the wall. And when he comes to the wall, he sees this man with a sword in his hand. And Joshua, being the man's man, he he says, hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing here? He kind of challenges him. He he says, "Are, are, are you for us or are you against us? Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Because if you're for us, we're cool. But if you're for our enemies, we're going to have a problem. Right? You ever met somebody from the opposing team, right? I don't know, Tyrone, we're 
you guys are split between Steelers and Eagles, right? Steelers? Oh, wow, Steelers. Okay. Like, when I meet a Steelers fan, I know they're not for me, right? They're against me. Being a Jets fan, right? They're definitely against me. And I live in Cleveland now, so they're definitely against me after this year, right? And Joshua says this to this, this man. He says, are you for me or are you against me? And it seems like that's the question for the last year. What side are you on? Right? I mean, COVID-19 happened. It's just like, well, what side are you on? Are you for mask or are you against mask? Or are you for this or, or for that? Are you for the red side or, or are you for the blue side? Or, 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 or are you for sending your kids back to school or, or not back to school? And parents are like, I can't wait for kids to go back to school. But it's a question that, that, that's been ringing out throughout the year. What side are you on? And this man answers Joshua in such a way that it confuses him. Right? It confuses him. I mean, if you're a parent, you know this, right? When you ask your child a certain question or, right, they, they, they look at you with their jaw dropped and, oh, I don't know. This is Joshua here. Because Joshua's, Joshua's like, hey, are you for us or are you against us? Are you on my side or are you on this side? And the guy doesn't give him an answer. God doesn't give him an answer. And he says, neither. I'm on neither side. And it's interesting that I thought that it would read like this, that it should read like this, that when Joshua asked this individual the question, right, that the man would say, Joshua, I'm on your side because you're on the side of God. Right? But it doesn't. He puts it in simple terms. He says, Joshua, you're asking the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, are you on the Lord's side? Are you on the Lord's side? You know, this spoke, like I said, this convicted me so much. Why? Because as a pastor, I think everything I do that the Lord's going to be for me because I'm doing it in his name. Right? And it made me question, Lord, am I on your side? Am I on the side that the Lord wants me to be on? Right? But Nick, you're a pastor. You pastor a church. You've been in ministry for 10 years. Like, of course you're on God's side. (laughs) Scripture would say otherwise. Scripture would definitely say otherwise. So the question is, it's not if God is on our side, it's if we are on God's side. It reminds me how important it is for the battle to be on God's side. I'm a little bit of a history buff, and it reminds me of a story that happened during the Civil War. You see, at the, at the peak of the Civil War, One of President Lincoln's advisors said to him, he's grateful that God was on their side. 
And Abraham Lincoln turned to him and said, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is if we're on God's side. Because God is always right. God is always right. And so this question popped in my mind. God, am I on your side? And this question popped in my mind a year ago, a little over a year ago. I'm like, Lord, am I on your side? Am I doing the things that you, ought, that you want me to do? Or am I living a life that you require me to live? And God tore me up. He said, Nicholas, there are some things in your life that you have not surrendered to me. Right? There are some things you as a family that I'm calling you to do that you're not doing. Right? I'm calling your church to do certain things that, 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 that you ought to be doing, but you're not doing. And this broke me. Because I want to be on God's side, right? I want to be on the winning side. <laughs> Nobody likes losers, right? I love, I, I love them. I love them. But it broke me because it, it made me take a really deep inventory of my life. And I'm not saying there's major sin in my life and different things like that, right? There doesn't have to be. But like I said in the beginning, there's a posture of our lives that God wants us to live in such a way that he moves on our behalf. That he moves on our behalf. And so God says, I'm on neither side. I'm not for you or for them. I'm on the side that really matters. And I started questioning God, saying, not questioning God, but I started asking questions like, Lord, how do I live a life that honors you? How do I live a life that's worthy of the call that we have received? Because, listen, I don't want to be a church that misses it. And I know your pastor, he doesn't want to be a church that misses it either. And over this year, we have watched churches be about themselves and not about God's business. Been about their kingdom and not the kingdom. I'm glad CWC is about the kingdom and not the kingdom of Tyrone and Tipton and wherever else community you come from. Didn't think I knew that, did you? joke with my wife sometimes. I was like, we could move to Tyrone and buy some farmland and be farmers. I could be the first Puerto Rican farmer in Tyrone. Way to get off track, Nick. But I am serious about being a people that's for the kingdom. Churches. In Amos, it would say this. He says, I can't stand your religious meetings. 
I'm fed up with your conferences and your gatherings. I want nothing to do with your religious projects, your, your showy slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your, your public relations, image making. Uh, I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. Wow. It says, when's the last time you just sang for me? Sang to me. Do you know what I want? I want justice. I want oceans of it. I want fairness. I want rivers of it. That's, that's what I want. That's all I want. Like, listen, we as a people, right? And I'm talking about we as people uh, uh, that represent the kingdom of God need not to be about showy things. and fi- Listen, th- there's nothing wrong with doing things with perfection, right? With excellence. Nothing wrong with that. But it's the state of our heart. It's the state of our heart. And as we're reminded, here in Joshua chapter 5, that we are on God's side. We're not on our own side. And when Joshua meets this man, who's a, who is Jesus Christ, right? This is Jesus Christ standing at the walls of Jericho with his sword. How do we know it's Jesus? Because Joshua falls down and worships him, right? And it would be a sin to worship an angel. We could read that in the book of Revelations. And the point I'm making here is this, that before the battle, before the battle, there is an inventory that we're taking of ourselves, that we're living right before the Lord. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it is important that our hearts are right, that our lives before the Lord are, 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 are holy, are holy. You think, if you go ahead, I wish we had time to read Genesis, uh, uh, Joshua 1 and, and 2 and 3 and 4, because in these chapters, it talks about the, the people of Israel, right, uh, making themselves holy. And sometimes we question, Lord, why are we doing this? Right? Why are we praying? Why are we fasting? Why are we reading the word? Why am I showing up to church on Sunday morning? Right? Because God is doing something in you. He's preparing you for the battle. And we ought to live a life that honors him. I'm reminded of so many times in scripture how it says, put away your idols. Put away your idols. Put away your selfishness. Put away your own desires. Put away, right? Put away your, 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 your pride, your ego, your hatred, your anger. Put away all that stuff, your, your, your jobs. Your, if 2020 has teach, taught us anything, right, it, it's to put away your idols. Because the only thing that stood in 2020 was Jesus Christ. Right? Works, work fell, relationships fell, but Jesus Christ stood. 
And there is Christ standing before our battle with sword in hand. A divine warrior. Because some of us right now are are in a battle. You're in a battle. And just like we sung today, right? I was like, man, how, how fitting is that, right? Joshua didn't even win that battle. You guys know how the story ends, right? They do what? They march around the walls, right? That's all they did was march around the walls. Joshua didn't even have to raise a sword. He didn't have to shed any blood. He might have broken a little sweat walking that much. But let me tell you something. The battle that's coming is the Lord's. It's the Lord's. And everything that's happening in our nation now, whatever side you stand on, and I'm not taking sides, whatever. But whatever side you stand on, that, that there is a battle that's happening. And God is calling to himself a people who are dedicated and sold out to him. He's calling to him men who are sold out to him. He's calling to himself women who are sold out to him. He's calling young people who are not going to be swayed by the culture and by the, 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 the things they see in the media and, and, and this and that, but, but they are going to be sold out to him in preparation for the battle. Because I tell you right now, if Joshua failed to realize who he was standing before, I think the story might have turned out a little differently they might have ended up back in the wilderness. They might have lost a lot of people. But since Joshua was careful of how he was listening and paying attention, he was able to recognize what God was doing. And even in your own life, God is doing something amazing. And we could say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I'm still struggling with this. I'm still battling with this. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. But let me tell you, this is not your battle. The battle with pornography is the Lord's. You have a role to play in it, right? But it's the Lord's. The battle with addiction is, it's the Lord's. Let the Lord fight for you. Anything you're going with, right? Sickness. And I know this year has been a hard year with sickness. Maybe you lost somebody. Maybe a dear family. Maybe a husband. Maybe a wife. Maybe a child. But the Lord's saying, I'm going to fight your battles. Just like I fought for Joshua. And even as we take communion today, we're going to take communion today, and John, somebody's going to come and take communion. And as we take inventory of our life, I want us to ask ourselves, whose side are we on? Are we on our own side? Because we could do that, right? We could be that way. It's just about me, myself, and I. I'm like that sometimes. My wife has to tell me, listen, it's not about you. I'm here too. 
I'm like, you're right, babe. But we can be that. We can be on our own sides. Churches, pastors, leaders, volunteers, right? It's, it's what, I, what I want, what I can get, what I can give, right? And then we could be on the opposite side and saying, well, I'm not on that side. I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to live my life how I want. And God says, listen, I want you to be on this side. I want you to be on my side. Because when you're on my side, I can use you in such a way that touches millions of people. Millions of people. And when you're on my side, I can show up and show off my glory in such a way that people, as Julie was saying this morning, would question, who is this God I want to know? Who is this Jesus? And so as we take communion this morning, take inventory of your own heart and say, Lord, what side am I on? What side am I on? Thank you, Jesus.